Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole. In this episode, we're going to talk about an aspect of your business that can destroy your company from the inside and really how to avoid it while minimizing the stress in your life. Let's get started. You have a small B2B business. Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Poole. Today, I wanted to talk about a problem that every business owner who has either had employees or has them now, or even plans to have them, and the, the true cost of having the wrong employees and the people being on your team, the toxic environment it creates, and how to deal with cutting out this cancer while at the same time minimizing the stress that it causes you as a business owner and entrepreneur. You know, before I get into this, uh, let me first say that this is general theory, you know, my opinion. Uh, it's not legal advice in any way, shape, or form, and you should definitely consult an attorney on the, the subject of, you know, employment laws at the federal and state level, because uh, they differ quite a bit. Uh, you know, where we are located in Arizona, for instance, we're a, quote, right-to-work state, uh, so it's a different situation than in a unionized state. Uh, so please don't take the following as anything more than my general opinion on how to handle the topic and no way any specific advice to you or your company. So uh, feel disclaimed. Okay, here we go. Um, you know, for those of you uh, who uh, have business been business owners for more than a few years, you most likely have had uh, to let employees go for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's bad behavior. Sometimes lack of skills or incompetence, or sometimes it's just due to the company related reorganizations or, you know, growth issues, uh, you know, but regardless of the reason, it's, it's not something most of us relish. I mean, uh, if you're the confrontational type of person who likes a good fight, you know, you might not have any stress in firing somebody. You know, I've, I've personally always had a hard time with it, uh, as I know that, you know, what it's like not to have a job, not to have money and not be able to pay your bills. And, you know, this is going to be an extremely stressful situation, you know, for you as an owner, you know, if you don't handle it properly. I mean, uh, you know, if somebody does something egregious, you know, screams profanity, your best client, you know, you have no choice and, you know, they'll know why they got fired and it may even feel good to kick them to the curb. But, you know, I I once had a sales rep tell a prospect he was going to come over and kick his butt, you know, and actually, I think the wording was a little little different, but I've made a decision to keep this podcast fairly clean. But uh, anyway, you know, that's not the situation I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is firing somebody who's, you know, a decent person, but just not the right person for the job due to their skill set, ability, you know, other company related reasons, et cetera, you know. Um, but before we get into the strategy of, of how to fire people, I want to talk for a minute about how important terminations are for your company. You know, your company culture, which is, uh, you know, one of the most important aspects of your company. You know, you hear that buzzword in corporate America about values and culture and mission statements and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, I'm not a big fluff guy as I get bored quickly with, you know, fancy language and repetitive concepts. Uh, you, you know, you may have noticed my podcasts are fairly short. It's, you know, my nature to say something once and move on. I know it's uh, probably good to repeat things so it sinks in, but 
and maybe I'll change that, but you know, I lose patience quickly uh, when I listen to something. So I tend to do it a little differently, just my personal preference. And, you know, like I said, maybe I'll change that down the road, but you know, back to culture, um, you know, we always ran our company with no formal mission, mission statements, value lists, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, but I found that my employees, myself and my business partner, we actually did have sort of unwritten rules and, and guidelines as, you know, how we dealt with our clients and our internal team members. We just didn't know it. And there was no real conscious thought into what it actually was, you know. There are, you know, a lot of big companies uh, that are known for their particular culture, you know, like Zappos, the, the shoe company is, you know, famous for going above and beyond their customers. And, you know, uh, but as small a business owner, sometimes we tend to think that things like that don't apply to us and it's not really needed, uh, you know, at our level. And, you know, a lot of those things that are for big companies really aren't at, at the level that we're at. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I decided to write down a list of beliefs or values that... I wanted our company to stand for it. And it's literally a list of things that all of our staff should agree on in our communication with others, whether it's, you know, um, as a fellow employee or to our clients or anybody we come in contact with. You know, so what I did is I started uh, with a list just off the top of my head and came up with, you know, example things like, uh, you know, we believe in being hardworking and accountable. We work hard and if necessary, even put in extra time to make sure we get our job done in our area of responsibility. You know, um, part of uh, how I came up with that list is I just looked at things we were, as a group, we were already doing. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, some great employees that work more hours than they're paid for and, you know, gladly sacrifice to do the best they can at their job because they take pride in it. You know, but so I took this this list of, I think it was maybe eight or 10 belief statements, if you will, and took them to my team in one of our weekly meetings and we went through them one by one and we got everyone's feedback on whether or not it's actually true for one. And do they think it's a good idea that we all act that way? And, you know, the actual wording and, um, you know, is, uh, is this a good idea? And, you know, from this list, we came up with, I think it's about 10 statements, uh, about who we are as a group, what we believe and what we stand for. And, you know, the cool thing about this is now whenever a, a new employee, is in the final interview process, we, we literally have them look at this list, take it home with them and let them know, hey, this is who we are and this is how we think and what we believe. And if you want to be part of our group, you know, you pretty much need to believe the same things and not disagree with anything, you know, on there. And, you know, we tell them, you know, if anything jumps out at you that doesn't, you don't necessarily agree with, hey, not, not a problem, but we're just probably not the company for you. So, you know, uh, don't have a problem with bowing out at this point. Um, you know, this has turned off some people, and but it's also kept us from hiring the wrong people and most importantly saved us from the damage a, a team member can do when they don't believe in the same thing as the rest of us do. Um, you know, over the years, I've, I've found that things like having an employee who doesn't share the same beliefs about how they deal with our coworkers and our clients never lasts, uh, you know, and they not only do they not last, but they can do a lot of damage to the other team members. You know, you can find all kinds of studies about how group psychology works and how one person can change the entire dynamic of a group. I mean, and this is definitely true in business. Uh, you know, if you have an employee who treats his or her coworkers with disrespect or looks down on them because uh, they're in a supervisor position or something, um, you know, this is going to have an effect on the group as a whole. You know, one bad apple, as they say, can, can spread like cancer throughout your team and do an amazing amount of damage in a short period of time. You know, for instance, uh, you know, we once had an employee who really liked to do her things her way and 
she treated other employees, even her her equal coworkers, uh, you know, as inferior. Refused to work together, you know, effectively on projects with other people, and you know. But the problem is that she was she was actually very good at her particular job. However, you know, I noticed over time um, this started affecting the morale of the other team members. This particular employee was, you know, that she was always late and left early, took time off to do personal stuff during the day when everybody else was working, you know, and, and you know, a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, eventually other team members started to think to themselves, well, you know, she's doing it. Why should I work hard? You know, and I saw a stark uh, drop in productivity that, you know, in the team as a whole. And you could you literally feel the attitude of the group change. And uh, needless to say, you know, I had to do something. You know, this employee had a good skill set and she was talented, but the the cancer that she created in the group really spread like wildfire. And and I had to make her uh, the decision to let her go, um, even though, you know, she was pretty valuable in her skill set. I mean, that wasn't the only factor in letting her go, but that was certainly one of them. You know, and, and if you don't immediately take care of uh, somebody that's causing changes to the morale of the group, you know, it can eat your business alive from the inside out. You know, I waited too long to cut the cancer out, so to speak, and it took quite a while for the morale to recover. And, you know, your employees are looking at you as the leader. And when they see the leader not doing anything about an obvious problem, um, they lose respect for you, which, you know, further drains productivity and, you know, uh, the work ethic and therefore the results of the company. Um, you know, looking back, it's clear that this person didn't really adhere to the, the culture and the value system that we had agreed on as a company. And they, didn't really fit in with the rest of the group. So, you know, if you discover a cancer in your business, deal with it as soon as possible. And because it's not going to fix itself and, you know, it's going to continue and spread and do more damage. So all that said, you know, specifically, what do we do to handle that termination of, of a team member? You know, how do you handle that um, is as important as actually getting rid of them? You know, um, <clears throat> I have a specific strategy I now use that's really paid off for me in recent years. Uh, there are people who will totally disagree with me on this idea, you know, but I, I found this works for us. And uh, so it's just my thought. And, um, you know, it's really is, in my mind, the most effective way to fire somebody. You know, typically what you're taught is, in how to fire somebody, you know, in business is to, you know, sit them down and explain the reasons why they're getting fired, going over the laundry list of infractions or weaknesses or tell them, you know, it's not working out because this is wrong and that's wrong and they aren't strong in this area or whatever, you know. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, there's really a, a couple of problems with this approach. First, by telling somebody that they're incompetent in a list of areas automatically makes that person defensive. And, you know, most people will either verbally disagree with you or, you know, even start outright arguing with you. I've had multiple times, you know, um, you know, at best, they'll accept the outcome and then later bash you on social media or their their circle of influence and claim you lied about all the things. And, you know, what a you know, horrible company it is and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, setting up this confrontation is really asking for trouble and leaving a disgruntled employee to bad math. You just flat out isn't good for business, you know, uh, especially in the, the day of, you know, social media and everything being online. It never goes away. The second reason this approach is something I no longer do is that it makes the actual process of termination more of an emotional drain on you than it has to be. You know, it's much harder to tell somebody that they're incompetent than to use reasons that are really external to them to terminate them. You know, you may be one of those types, uh, you know, like I said, that enjoys firing people. But, you know, a lot of business owners don't, you know, myself included. You know, I understand. I know what it's like to suddenly not have an income. And it's scary doing that someone to someone, uh, regardless of whether it's the right thing to do for the business or not. Is You know, it's always tough. 
And, you know, what this means to you as a business owner is that you may be tempted to keep an employee around longer than you should simply because you don't want to deal with the inevitable, inevitable fallout and the hassle and everything. And this just hurts your business and can cost you a lot of money. So, you know, how do we handle fire somebody, firing somebody? You know, after doing it the confrontational way for the long time, uh, you know, more than a decade, you know, and I was, you know, sort of known as the executioner at our business. You know, my business partner was thought of as sort of the teddy bear because he was so nice. And, you know, it was my part of the job to be the hammer and do the firing of people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, but I've changed my strategy in the last few years. Uh, now when I fire somebody, I... I look for an external reason outside of that person's, you know, inability, lack of skills or whatever the laundry list of things they do wrong that's causing, uh, you know, le- you know, let them go. And I often tell them that, the, you know, their position has been eliminated. We're scaling back as a company. We can't afford their position due to the state of the business or the economy, et cetera, you know. Um, but, you know, the important thing is using an external factor that is truthful, you know. Um, you know, so I'm not advocating, you know, you lie to people, uh, in any way and that you be completely truthful. But if you spend some time thinking about it, you know, you can most likely come up with legitimate reasons for letting them go. You know, for example, you know, every business has to make staff rearrangements from time to time, you know, to shift to work around and this restructuring causes layoffs, you know, um, you know, as I, as I said above, you know, you don't want to, even come close to the lying as this can get you in a lot of legal trouble, regardless of the laws in your state. Uh, for instance, you know, you don't want to tell someone that the company is in financial distress if things are booming, you know. Um, but you can tell them that the company is, you know, realigning the staff structure to optimize things and their position has been eliminated or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, the new staff structure includes hiring somebody that's a similar type of position in, in the future, you know. Uh, it's a true statement. And as you rethink, you know, how work is distributed among personnel in reality, it's, you know, it's none of their business either. But, uh, you know, this kind of reasoning, most likely they won't question it or take it as personally because it's external to them. They, they may still bad mouth you, but it won't be the, the personal insult that it is when you uh, attack them and their skill set and, you know, things like that. You know, and by not trying to burn bridges with somebody who has internal knowledge of your company, you don't incentivize them to go out of their way to badmouth you on social media and elsewhere. You know, if they got laid off because their position was eliminated, that's really all they can say. You know, if you tell them they got fired because they can't write a coherent sentence, that's a personal insult. And they're most likely going to feel the need to publicly defend themselves, call you a liar and your company unscrupulous and on and on. You know, so um, and. Finally, again, this is my opinion, but, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff in this world and a lot of negativity. And, you know, I believe in in letting somebody down as softly as possible is not only good for business, but it's the right thing to do. You know, regardless of the terminated person's skills or actions, you know, they still have to support themselves or their family. And, you know, losing a job is is not something that uh, we as business owners who have a high responsibility as employers should take lightly. Again, you know, before making any termination decisions, uh, disclaimer again, consult legal counsel about the laws in your state. Um, you know, I know some of the ideas in this episode are controversial and a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I'm just telling you my experience in running a B2B company for two decades. So, you know, I'd encourage you to take a step back and sit down with your employees and come up with a list of what your company standards are for dealing with fellow staff members and, you know, and also review how you fire somebody and try out some of those ideas. Uh, 
In the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, really the difference between uh, B2C and B2B businesses and really what you need to focus on as a B2B entrepreneur because it is different than B2C. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.